This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Peterson Toyota is your local Toyota dealer serving Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Tinmouth, and has been doing so for more than 50 years. Not only will you find the latest Toyota models, you'll also find a friendly and accommodating staff eager to assist you. You'll receive first-class attention, whether it be a service appointment, help picking out the right part for your Toyota, or test driving a new or pre-owned vehicle. If your heart is set on a new Toyota, come check out the 2024 Grand Highlander. They've got a demo to test drive and several others on the way. Whatever you're looking for, Peterson's expert staff will help you find the one that is right for you, all at competitive pricing and financing. Peterson strives to be the best in everything they do, and they will take care of you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Hello, Ram fans. Thanks for joining us once again. This will be part two of our CSU Golf episodes. Yesterday we brought you graduate senior Connor Jones, who had a heck of a season this past year and big things to come this year. And as part two, we sat with head coach Michael Wilson, who had a lot of great insights, talked about the season, talked about what's to come. We had some good discussions about favorite golf courses, toughest golf courses, and his background, the pressure that they all felt in the Auburn Regional, as well as uh, beating CU by 25 strokes early in the year. Lots of good stuff. Really interesting conversation, and and, uh, we hope you enjoy it. Here is part two. Now it's our pleasure to bring in CSU head men's golf coach, Michael Wilson, who just happened to step in and lead his team to a NCAA championship appearance and first time in what since 2011 is that right we've only done it three times ever so coach correct me if I'm wrong but how was this season for you and and stepping in into a new environment and just kind of hitting your ground running 
Yeah, it was great. Um, thanks for having us on first and foremost, guys. Really appreciate it and the exposure. It's great for uh, the program and university, but it's been a fun year. Um, stepping into a great situation. Coach Newton did a great job recruiting all these guys and it was a lot of fun. They really welcomed me in and my family and, you know, we set some big goals and were able to achieve a lot of them. So it's uh, a credit to these guys, the hard work they put in, effort um, and passion for the game. Um, you know, uh, they care deeply. They uh, they work hard. They do the right things each and every day when no one else is looking. And, you know, it showed in the results. So on August 3rd, 2022, we had Joe Parker on with us on our podcast. And I asked him, I'm like, do we have a head coach lined up to replace Christian Newton? With his best poker face, he looked at us and was like, we have some good candidates, but it's going to be a few weeks. The next day you were announced as the head coach. So <laughs> what was that whole process like, uh, especially being almost really late into the kind of the hiring season? Yeah, I, I was um, I was in England recruiting. Actually, I got an email um, from CSU. That was the first I'd heard. And it was kind of like, here's the deal. Are you in and you're out? And um you know, called my wife right away and talked it over and responded, Hey, I'm in. And, um, and it was about a 10 day process, I think from that moment forward until, um, they offered me the job. So it moved really fast. And, uh, I mean, I was, I was in Europe a few of those days and then got back and there was phone interviews and then an in-person interview. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, got I think school started probably pretty similar this year somewhere around August 20th so I got into town I think really only like maybe three days before school started so it was a really quick transition well your first tournament was September 9th just 36 days after you were announced as the head coach how did you pull that off especially since we won by 25 strokes over you know that team down in Boulder <laughs> Um, uh, the guys played awesome, but, um, I really just tried to use that time to get to know them. Um, you know, we live in uh, an age of technology and it's nice. You can pick up the phone and text and call. And so had a lot of conversations with them, um, while I was still down in Long Beach, just trying to get to know each guy and how they tick and what's important for them and about their families and interests and girlfriends, all those things. Um, just try to establish a connection and trust and, um, you know, uh, I'm really lucky to do what I do. I love what I do. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not about me anymore. It's about these guys and, you know, their hopes and dreams and we try to make theirs ours. And, uh, so, uh, it's, um, it's been, it was, it was a, it was a quick transition, but stepped in and, um, I got to give Davis Bryant a lot of credit. Just, he was a great leader within the team and really stepped up, helped me out. Um, I mean, all the guys, they're, they're great people and really and really welcoming. But I think he really set the tone of, hey, here's the next head coach and, you know, let's go. And um, um, and they did. So you grew up in Pacific Grove, California, which is on Monterey Bay. I, I asked Connor uh, kind of the same question. What was that course uh, where you started your golf journey where you really fell in love with the game? And could you share some of your top memories from there? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a place pretty near and dear to my heart. Like my dad got me into the game and uh, it's uh, it's like referred to as, you know, poor man's Pebble Beach is just like this little unique 
track along the coast. It's actually, it's really cool. The same architect designed Pebble did the front nine. Um, definitely doesn't look like Pebble Beach, but it's got like small little sloping greens. You got to hit it straight, wine through cypress trees. Um, and you got to, you got to hit a lot of wedges and chip and putt. And then the back nine goes through the sand dunes um, and it's exposed. There's a lot of wind. So uh, I think it was a perfect place for me to learn. Like there was a bunch of other kids there. There was a bunch of high school kids and I was just a total dink, um, small little runt of a kid. And I'd go out there with them and they let me tag along. So it was like having a bunch of older brothers and um, it was kind of the era where it's like, you know, your parents drop you off early and in the summers you're, you're literally, you're at the course all day, 36, 54, as many as you can play. Um, so I learned the game on the golf course and, you know, we play for, you know, a basket of fries or a Coke. And so there was kind of something that was on the line and they give me pops and, um, you know, I still couldn't reach greens and regulation at that time. So I learned how to chip and learn how to putt and score, um, just kind of cause I had to. And I think, you know, I was doing this longer and longer and, and, you know, recruiting being kind of the lifeblood of, of a, co a coach's livelihood. Like, you know, you start to notice trends and I see it a lot with like really good players as they grow up, um, you know, on maybe small, maybe janky golf courses where they got to hit it straight and they got to wedge it and they got to chip it and they got to putt it. And uh, I think that was certainly an advantage for me growing up. Um, and, uh, I, you know, like anything, you get in a sport at a young age because it's fun. And so I think I was at that course at the right place at the right time. It was a good environment. There was older kids that were competitive and 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 good players. And then there was um, a couple other kids um, my same year who were also quite good in the area. One ended up going to Stanford and the other one ended up going to Duke, being good college players. Um, so there was that kind of rivalry between the three of us for our year. So it was kind of a good pocket of golf on the peninsula at that time. So you were talking about uh, Pacific Grove, golf, the, the, the links there, the beauty, right? That's it. That's yep. where you grew up. Um, I got to tell you a funny story. I had a, I used to work for HP, and I had a business meeting in Monterey, and I got so bored one afternoon, and I ducked out to play <laughs> nine at Pacific Grove, and what a fantastic experience. Have you ever played a better Muni? It's really good. I'm biased. Um, I'm a big uh, Muni connoisseur. I, I like um, that kind of a vibe. It's just fun and down-to-earth. Um not super, super stuffy or pretentious. And it's good. You know, I think that back nine is, is pretty awesome. You, you've got those big uh, sand dunes that go through there. There's ice plant. Um, there's like a lake there on 17, a little par three. And uh, it's kind of got everything you need. It's fun and you can play it really quick um, with the ocean right there in, in the background. What's uh, in all the courses you've played in your career, what is your favorite? I, oh man, that's, that's a tough one. Um, it's hard to pick one. I'll give you a few, but, um, you know, Cypress points really special. Um, Spyglass Hill is amazing. Um, Pasa Tiempo in Santa Cruz. Um, I, I love that golf course. I think it's really fun. It's Alistair McKenzie course who same guy who did, uh, Augusta. Um, and then, um, you know, Olympic club up there in San Francisco where they've had numerous U S opens. I mean, it's pretty incredible. It's maybe one of the toughest golf courses I've played any given day, you know, not tricked out um, for a tournament. It's just, you got to hit every kind of shot, every club in the bag off every slope against every wind. So 
it's a really good test. Yeah. But I, I didn't really give you an answer there. I gave you a few, but it's funny. They're all in California. Um, uh, I, I don't feel like I've played like a lot of like the really um, like classic um, good courses across the country. Um, another one I'll throw in there is uh, Royal Dornick in Scotland, way mm -hmm. up north. Really, really good. Wow. Sneaky spot. Um, it's kind of like in no man's land and they, they, the caddies are members and it's like very blue collar and uh, it's just like an amazing golf course. It is hard. Yeah. When, cool. when you played Royal Dornick, did you play like 54, 72 holes like you can in the middle of summer because the days are so long? I know it's really north. Yeah, it's really north. It's like on the same line as Juneau, Alaska. I remember like that was a big thing they were saying. And we played we played 36. And yeah, the days were long. You could play a lot of golf up there. And uh, we caught really good weather. Um, and it, was, it had been like a really wet um summer for whatever reason and so we got like they said the best weather of the, the whole summer so i can't imagine how tough that place must be in wind and rain <laughs> have you played there i love all you're talking about the moon munis you know uh i just watched max homa an interview with him another cal bear uh said the exact same thing like that's how he fell in love with the game playing the one by his there in socal so love hearing that those are great. That's great. That's great stories. So, so you started. Do, do, do you know? Do, hey, do you know Homa pretty well since you guys went to Cal, right? Um, you know, a little bit more in passing afterwards in Long Beach. He was down in that area, and I got to see him a little bit. Um, I, I don't know him super well, but you know, we've talked and and uh, and chatted a little bit here and there. But I heard all the stories about him after I graduated. Him going through there and. I mean, we were talking to some teammates that overlapped and they're like, gosh, there's this there's this freshman on the team. He's from L.A., absolutely smashes it. He hits it so hard and he could be pretty good, you know, and that, that turned out to be Max Homa. <laughs> so you started in golf at Pacific, Pacific Grove, four time Ali, three time team captain, two league titles. Um, after high school, you chose Cal. You, you just said some of your. Uh, your rivals in the same class, one went to Stanford, one went to Duke. What led you to Berkeley? So I remember like back then you had like the Ping College Guide book and you wrote, you know, actual letters and you mailed them off. And I just did that to like the top 50 schools in the country. And then um, my grandpa had gone to Cal. And so I remember like that you know, I sent all those off and I got, you know, a few letters back. And then, you know, there was a date, a hard date where, um, similar to like June 15th today where coaches could contact you and remember coming home from the golf course and my, my dad saying, Hey, you got a, you got a couple of voicemails. And one of them was from the Cal coach and remember him specifically saying like, Hey, we love guys that have a history to Cal and, you know, family members have gone through there and, you know, call me back, let's talk. And um, so he showed interest kind of straight from the start and it was right up the road. It was, you know, uh, far enough from home, but close enough. You know, my instructor was back at that time on the Monterey Peninsula. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I was probably going to stay in the West coast somewhere. Um, and, uh, you know, going up there and visiting, um, with coach Desimone, he's, um, still really uh, a big mentor in my life and someone that, you know, I owe a lot to and, him, uh, you know, welcoming on the team and giving me a spot. And uh, um, 
it was, uh, you know, I, I think I knew fairly quickly going up there and visiting with him, um, you know, his values, his standard, you know, him being a competitive person, but also kind of this like larger than life personality and, you know, not afraid to embellish a story or two. And uh, he was, he was just fun to be around. He was, you know, he, he, he was kind of a legend within college golf and that like he took the, the program from a club sport all the way to, um, you know, I think it's about 35 years or so um, to, you know, winning a national championship, you know, them getting zero dollars and him totally have to self-funding. And now there's like an endowment that basically covers scholarships, operating budget, everything. And um, he was kind of the orchestrator of that. And then obviously the team um, of, you know, Max Homa's era where they, they won 11 of the 12, tournaments at an epic year and um the only one they lost was uh the last one of the year so uh pretty pretty cool to 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 be a part of that and you know a lot of what i um probably who i am as a coach comes from from him so i, I learned a lot you know as a player and continue to learn from him he's he's still a coach and you can call him up and um uh he'll tell he'll still tell a good story or two <laughs> that's great and We'll talk a little bit more about Cal. Billy the Breaker doesn't quite have the ring as Cam the Ram, but uh, you got it. Can you give us a little history on your high school mascot? Man, you like you went deep. Uh, you, that's I'm pretty impressed. You like you you gave me some high school stats. I don't remember those, but uh, Billy the Breaker. I I um I don't even think we like. I don't think I even saw him. I'd love to see what Billy the Breaker would actually look like. Uh, but yeah, we were the waves and, uh, you know, high school colors were red and yellow, I think. And, um, yeah, there was, um, there was like a surf team, I think <laughs> Pacific Grove. So it was like, uh, just a little beach town. Um, it was, you know, I think it was like division three. It was pretty weak. Our football team we had, I remember, um, uh, the, the media coach, um, or the media instructor at, at the high school, he um, he played football at Stanford and he came back and took over the football program. And they had, I think they went undefeated for the season until, you know, they got to state and just got smashed by, you know, all the, all the good SoCal teams. Um, but like um, he was kind of like a legend within it and really got like athletics going within. And then my high school coach um, was awesome. He was this young guy, I think he was 28 years old. He just, he was like the AP English teacher. Um, he played uh, water polo at um, Santa Barbara. And he was like, just the like the coolest guy as like a young kid. I remember uh, like us having putting contests and like he, he'd win and like he, he could break dance and like, not like in a bat, like he was like legit, like it was good. And he'd like be break dancing on the putting green and we're like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and he, I mean, he, he helped us get into, you know, some nice high school tournaments and kind of elevated the program with, you know, equipment and gear. And, um, we had a pretty good high school team. It was fun. Like I think high school golf is, is really special and, and unique. Um, and, uh, I was lucky to have some other good teammates and, uh, th those were, those were pretty special years as you look back. Um, you know, I think, Winning, winning never gets old. Uh, winning individually is awesome, but winning as a team is that the absolute best, in my opinion. Like that shared experience of 
putting in hours and work with others. And then, you know, when it all comes together and, and you, and you win together, that's it's to share that experience is awesome. Right. So you, you said that you had a surf team, you chose to run cross country over. <laughs> Where are you finding this stuff? Uh, yeah, I, it was funny. Like I was, I mean, those were like the dark days of, um, uh, figuring out like physio and like what best to do for your body. And I mean, it's come so far since then, but I remember like talking to my, my mom and dad and being like, yeah, I gotta get like in shape for golf or find some kind of edge and maybe I'll run cross country. I did that for like a year and I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Um, there was, uh, there was, you do a lot of running obviously, right. For cross country running like 10 miles a day. And I was already like a bean pole and I lost like more weight and I was just a rail. So it's like this, I don't know if this is that good for my golf game. We have, we have something in common. I was a cross country runner. Primarily I played on the golf team in high school, but I, uh, I ran on a state championship cross country team and then played golf in the spring. So we at least have something in common. We, we can share some stories somewhere down the road. Nice. Yeah. Well, nice. Your sophomore year at Cal, you fired off a 69 and a 71 in your uh, final two rounds of the NCAA tournament and helped, uh, helped your team to a national championship. Can you just talk about what that was like? I mean, uh, and I'd also be curious as to how far away is, is a program like CSU from competing at that level? I mean, obviously you made it, made that step, but to, to take that next step of competing in the, you know, for a top 10 or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, maybe more backstory than you care to hear, but like, like it kind of came into Cal at a, at a really unique time. They'd had some good teams. Charlie, Wee had come through in like the late nineties who played on the PGA tour and coach was a big storyteller. And he talked about like the, that team and, you know, teams that, you know, went deep into the national championship and, you know, it takes time to, to build a program, especially from him where he like literally took it as a club program where he had a bunch of frat guys that, you know, were wild and crazy and had to, kind of negotiate and deal with that and start recruiting and get guys in that, you know, really had a big passion for the game and build that culture. And then, you know, getting to the national championship and then getting there to again. And then, um, and then that becoming kind of like the standard of the, you know, culture of like, this is what we do. And um, the year before I arrived at, uh, um, at Cal, we missed, um, the national championship by one shot. So a lot of the older guys told that story and how, you know, like we can get back there. This is well within our, our possibilities. There was a guy on the team named Peter Tomasulo, who's a big mentor of mine, um, long beach guy actually. And he was a team captain. He was a, he was a, came on the team with a book scholarship and he finished his last two years as, um, an all American. He got better every single year. And, uh, he was kind of like the ringleader of the group and, you know, just always talking, like talking everything into existence of this is what we can do and we can do this. And these teams think they're so good, but like, Hey, you know, we can do that too. And I think everyone really latched on and he, you know, you, you really bought in cause he was the guy that would go out and shoot, you know, typically the best scores. And he was, I think he touched number one in the country for a little period of time there as well. So he was obviously really, really good. And he took me under his wing too, as kind of like the freshman. He was a junior when I came in and, um, and, uh, 
you know, like we go practice together and he pushed me and challenged me and we compete all the time and he made me a lot better and he made everyone else around him better. And so, um, you know, through coach too, like he knew that team was like, was really special. I don't think anyone on it was ranked inside the top 500 in junior golf coming on, but I think kind of the culture he built of like, uh, really, you know, scrappy competitive guys making us compete for, every single tournament there was a qualifier for every one of them and um and really just you know made us earn and re-earn our spots constantly and nothing was given you had to just keep earning it we had a big roster of like 15 16 guys so it was just really competitive and i think that really helped um because every day that we at home kind of simulated what we'd get out in the road and so i think when the last term of the year came we were really ready and you know, we, we had a good regional, we snuck in, I think we won a few times that year. So we knew we could play. And I think we just really believed it. And we, you know, and then we actually made it happen. And, you know, like looking back, there's some luck involved with that. Um, But to answer your, your last question, like, I think right now is a really, really special time for CSU men's golf. Like, you know, what Mark Crabtree started, um, you know, with the Ram Masters and the program and funding, and then what Jamie Bermel built on top with getting the facility at Harmony together with Byron Collins, um, Christian Newton getting the memberships at um, uh, TPC Colorado and putting together our our indoor facility in Moby. Um, Like right now, from a resources perspective, we have really everything we need to be successful. And then you know, after that, it just comes down to getting the right guys and building the right culture. And I think, you know, like us getting to the national championship was a great step forward in the program. And, you know, just leaving the tournament, it was really cool to hear the guys saying, hey, next year, like, you know, we'll do this differently at the national championship when we get there. And that's how you know, those are the things you like, you like to, and you got to hear from, from a team because you're building that a championship culture team of, you know, the expectation, the bar is, is up here. We go to this tournament every year. We compete for this tournament every year. It's not something that's luck or happenstance. It's something that, you know, we do, we know we're capable of doing it. And, you know, next year it's going to be, you know, we're going to get to the national championship and we're going to, we're going to give ourselves every opportunity to, to be there that final day and have a, a chance to win. So, um, you know, just like in, in anything in life, you got to think big, you got to talk big, you got to believe it. Um, and I think, you know, our guys are are feeling that and doing that. And, you know, that's, that's not just this team. I think like you look back, you mentioned Jake Stayano, uh, AJ Ott, like those guys were, were part of like the legacy of this, of, of kicking it into gear and building this into, you know, those, the guys on our team now are, are talking about those guys and the standard they set and, what they were able to do. And now, you know, the guys on our team are, are creating a legacy for, for the incoming freshmen and th- and those to follow. So I think it's a really fun, exciting time. And, um, and, and uh, there's a lot to build on this past year. All right. Let me pause real quick and tell you about Ginger and Baker. Check out the cash restaurant this summer and try out one of the most popular selections, mussels with Equinox Brewing Sunrise Golden Ale, garlic, shallots, confit tomato and house sourdough 
Or if you want something more dialed down, check out the cafe where you can sit on the north patio, enjoy Chef Ryan's wide selection of delicious apps, salads, entrees, and other comfort food classics. And don't forget the amazing cinnamon rolls in the bakery, which are up for NoCo Style Magazine's Reader's Choice Best of Four Collins. Ginger and Baker also features a coffee shop, event spaces, a market, and a teaching kitchen. Check out gingerandbaker.com slash calendar for a full list of their cooking classes and other events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. All right. Tell me, from what you've seen from other places, how is the infrastructure here as far as facilities and support and NIL and those things that you need to be competitive over the long haul? Yeah, I think we have everything we need to be successful. And it's just about finding the right fit of person that wants to come here, um, who I think it attracts someone who really loves golf and is a gritty, scrappy competitor. And, um, you know, they have big, big goals and dreams. And that's someone that's probably going to fit into, you know, our, our current team and culture. Um, the resources, like I mentioned, in terms of the memberships, uh, the facility at Harmony, on-campus facility. Um, it's really incredible. Martin Laird came this past fall and and talked to the guys and out at Harmony, and he's just like, hey, look, like what you guys have here is is better than mo- most tour players have. I mean, you you have literally everything you need, and most guys think, most young players think they need more than what they actually need to be successful. And, you know, we're kind of in the arms race now of, of college athletics where – facilities are big and you know obviously nils but um i don't know if that's touch golf that much a little bit but facilities are certainly certainly big in golf and um you know when got when we get players that come on and look at csu and and what we have to offer they're really blown away and and rightfully should be it's it's really special um what's been built here and the opportunities they have to use these resources um it's it's as good as anything i mean um the courses here, I think, are a, a big advantage for us. We play, you know, five, six different courses that are all different from very, very difficult and to, uh, you know, places where you can go out and make a lot of birdies and everywhere in between that tests all levels of your skill. So I think that's a big advantage. And obviously, Harmony, a place you can play and call home and, and work your game 365, 24-7 is really big. You know, it's funny, Ken, I, I just want to interrupt real quickly. Um, you talked about Martin and you talk about your facilities. I go way back. Uh, I knew Jamie really, really well. And I go way back to those teams in the, uh, the early 2000s. And Martin used to do a lot of practicing on the range at Collindale, hitting long irons into the net at Collindale. That was that was fifty uh, percent of the facilities that he had. They had the for Collins Country Club, and that was it. But a lot of their stuff was done over a muni. You know, it was pretty amazing that he got as far as he did. You know, nowadays it's it's amazing uh, with the launch monitors and uh, all the different stuff you've got. The technology it is uh, it is pretty amazing what you guys have available to you. Yeah, he mentioned too, which was pretty cool. He's like, you know, like in the wintertime, um, Coach Bromel had the keys to like a, a local golf store and they would literally practice their putting on like where you where you demo putters, you know, like uh, in the little fitting area. It's like a 10 foot wide area. And he's like, we, we go in there at night and that's, you know, where we practice our putting. And so he's like, it's come a long ways and the opportunities you guys have is is immense. We'll circle back to more CSU stuff, but back to to your career. Um, 
So a lot of people, when they think professional golfers, they think Tiger and Rory and Phil and all the millions that the live guys are getting. After Cal, you played in Canada. Um, I've heard a few stories about from Kyler uh, Dunkel, who played it, who played it briefly at CSU, who also played in the Canadian Tour. I don't think it's quite like that up north. Um, can you describe what it was like and what some of your favorite memories are playing there? Yeah, I just remember uh, getting the rental car, the first tournament, Times calling us to open um, in uh, British Columbia and like getting on the highway and looking down and seeing that I was going 150. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on here? This is, uh, oh, wait, kilometers. Okay. You know, <laughs> I thought I was barreling down the highway, but it was a lot of fun. The tournaments there, there's a lot of history for each one of them. It feels like a little tour event there's grandstands there's it's roped off it feels like a legit tour event which i think is really important in in trying to get to the ultimately the pga tour um and uh there's good competition the guys cared you had to have a caddy um you traveled kind of from from the west coast to the east coast finishing over there and in, in ontario um at that time you, you started to like in california and um and mexico um, kind of like bef- while, while Canada is still getting thawed out. Um, so that was before, you know, the Latin America tour came to be. And it was it was a lot of fun. I didn't play that great. Um, so that 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 part wasn't fun as a competitor. But, um, you know, my my goal from a young age, you know, like anyone that wants to play the game at high levels, you know, play on the PGA Tour. And so that was that was always my inspiration. But you know, I'm, I, it wasn't for a lack of work. I, I love the game and that, you know, working hard came easy. Um, cause I just enjoyed practicing and trying to improve um, myself. And, you know, ultimately I came up, up short, but I think, you know, that gave me great perspective as a coach of, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't, you know, from my own experiences. And I feel lucky to, I think I found like the vocation that is, is very best suited for me. So, um, those experiences all helped and, uh, you know, if anything, it's just a good reminder, like, Hey, this game is challenging. It's not easy. And, uh, um, it's, it'll humble you and, you know, uh, and the lows are low, but the highs are really high when you succeed. So that's why you keep playing. Right. So, uh, why, why Canada and not the nationwide tour, uh, what's called the corn Ferry now? Yeah, I, I didn't qualify. Okay. simple as that i would have loved to play that yeah <laughs> yeah all right so uh so after your, your playing days were over uh you were a golf pro and instructor in carmel california before going to seattle and uh joining the uh uw uh the uw program you were there for three years before going to to long beach What's the difference between being an assistant and and being the head coach who calls all the shots? You know, I'd say probably, I don't know, I think the decisions probably just weigh a little bit more as a head coach and an assistant. Assistant, you still almost feel like you're on a team and, you know, you're kind of one of the guys and um, you're their coach, um, but you're, you're very involved with them and, I think, you know, most most head coaches lean on assistants to, to really help develop players and be there for the guys. Um, I try to fancy myself as a, as a player's coach. So, 
even as a head coach, I feel like I try to have good relationships with our guys and know what's going on in their lives and their games and um, stay connected and be there for them if, you know, if and when they need help. Um, so, um, but I have a, you know, a young son now and it's harder to, to get out and play as much. So my game is, is rusty and, um, you know, past assistant coaches. And like when I was assistant coach, I'd play a lot with our guys um, and go out and would be competitive and could beat them. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's ultimately good. And, you know, you get credibility and, and help them along with their games, but probably more as a, as a head coach, it's, uh, you know, you're, you wear a lot of different hats and you're kind of bouncing from recruiting to player development to, um, fundraising capital projects. It's, uh, it's very entrepreneurial, which I enjoy. And I think, you know, the best head coaches, they kind of do all those things really, really well First, one or two of them. So I enjoy all that. And it's, it's interesting and challenging and, and fun for me. As you've talked about throughout this conversation, I mean, your, your roots, your life has been on the West coast. When Christian Newton retires, you decide to come to the mountains. How did that, how did that happen? What, what was your draw to Fort Collins? I think first and foremost, just the draw was like, hey, this is a place you can win. Um, I want to win. And I think this is a place you can do it. And um, I think like it was kind of the right place at the right time. I think it feels very much like home to me in Northern California. There's a lot of similarities. Um, and, you know, just getting getting up here and um, meeting meeting the the people here at Fort Collins within the community and the athletic department, Joe Parker and and others. Um, and you see their vision and, you know, what, what is here? Um, you're like, Hey, this is, this is a place you can clearly win to, to compete um, for conference championships the last term of the year. Um, and um, I think ultimately that, that was a, the biggest draw. And, uh, um, you know, I think it was a stepping step. I, like, I love my time at Long Beach State. It was, it was really special, but um, the resources here, the opportunity here, and uh, the people here is what really drew me. Well, you mentioned coming here because you thought you could win. You guys did a little bit of that this year, and you were ranked throughout the season. What What were some of your favorite moments or events from this past year? Uh, yeah, one was mentioned earlier. I mean, beating that team down south by 25 shots in the first term of the year, that was awfully fun. Um, you know, watching in that same tournament, Davis and Connor basically had a shootout there in, in the final round. It was like, I, I forget how much, how many shots they were separated by the, the next best player, but they were just kind of trading birdies going back and forth down the stretch. And Connor ended up, um, just one ahead there. Um, and that was pretty special to see you know you you always want to see your your own players like up there battling for the indie spots um and then um i'd say uh you know the last term of the year was really really cool that probably my favorite tournament of the year interestingly enough is is the regional just because it's like a clean slate everyone goes back to zero your ranking doesn't matter the low five scores from each regional site go so there's always feelings there and it's an exciting one. And um, that one was awesome just because I think we got off to a good start 
and put ourselves in that five. So there wasn't a lot of ch chasing and we maintained the second round. And then the third round, we got off to a, a shaky start and, uh, you know, coming down the stretch, the guys turned it around and played awesome. Um, the closing holes, there are very challenging. And uh, I won't forget Connor hit this three wood to, I don't know, like a kick in distance and made an Eagle um, on 16 and then Kristoff, hit like a flip wedge in there as well made birdie um, made a bunch of pars on 17 18 um, to make it in and that was a pretty cool feeling to see those guys do that you know like ultimately in sport you do this like so that you you want to perform your best when it matters the most and that's what the guys did so that was that was uh, big for the program and culture and know that they have that in them and they'll be able to do it again and and, and recall on that situation is, is great. How serious do you guys take? You mentioned you're excited to beat CU by so much. Is it big to you to win the rivalry stuff with them every time you get matched up with them? Is it big to you and is it big to the players? Um, I think both teams get along. Like we don't, I don't, I don't think there's like, uh, we try to focus on ourselves. I mean, honestly, and yeah, there's, there's certainly a rivalry there and I'm sure they're happy if they beat us and, and vice versa, but uh, we don't, we don't give it too much thought. Like ultimately if we go out and play well, um, you know, the score will take care of itself, but um, it's, it's noticed after, after the dust settles. Yeah. I brought it up because uh, well before you were here, I think it was when Jamie was here, we had a pretty good team and I think it was the 2011 team played the tournament, uh, CU used to do a tournament down at uh, Colorado National Golf Club in Erie, and uh, they had the buff logo painted on the, on the 18th hole, and I know every one of our guys tried to hit the club that would land in the buff logo so that they could take some turf on their <laughs> second shot out of the buff logo. I, I just thought I'd share that. It was kind of very serious to them back then. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like these guys – for, I mean, the, the cool thing is that within Colorado golf, there's there's a, a good stable of players. I mean, they have good players from Colorado on their team, as do we. And they grew up playing with and amongst one another. So, you know, there's there's relationships there. And, you know, some happen to come here and some happen to go there. And so, um, yeah, like with anything, our guys are competitive. They they want to beat Colorado. They want to beat Wyoming. They want to beat anyone, everyone, um, in every tournament we, we tee it up against. And so, um, it, uh, yeah. Steve just mentioned that 2011 team. That was the last time we qualified. Um, how stressful was that final day in Auburn? It was pretty stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like the last hour I just, you know, texting back and forth with our assistant coach, Chris. And it was just kind of like, there's not much we can do. Um, like these guys, they're either going to do it or they're not. And, you know, we're going to, we, we usually hang on par fives and par threes, you know, second shots on par fives and approach shots on par threes. Cause you kind of help in those situations. But I mean, at that point in time we just kind of got out of the way and let them let them go um and uh they did a great job just a couple more for you coach um tell us about this year's team are you, do you are you done with recruiting for 2023 yeah. it's all 
Yep, we got three guys coming in. Really excited about them. Uh, first guy to commit was named Jake Rogers. He's out of Luna, Oregon. Um, he's one of the best players in the Pacific Northwest. He's got a great ranking. Um, he kind of wins everything in that corner of the air of the country. Um, I think he's going to be really special. Watch out for Jake Rogers. Um, Derek Leckerkirk was the next guy we committed. He's from um, Twin Falls, Idaho. And uh, just a great person, great guy. He just won the, um, the Idaho State um, Championship. He's playing some really nice golf, and his game's rounding into form. He's a lefty, first lefty I've, I've ever coached. So I'm kind of excited about that in a weird way. I don't know why, but it'll be fun to have him on the team. And then um, our last guy to commit um, just about a month and a half ago, uh, Sebastian Nielsen. He's from Sweden. He's like, 330th ranked in world amateur golf rankings um you know when he committed and has had a really good uh summer he's playing some awesome golf and so he'll join our other two international players in Rasmus Jelm and Christoph Blyer um and uh so I think you know losing Davis Bryant will hurt he was an awesome ram um I was just looking at uh some of the uh record book um and you know finishing up our SID got it done and um, he finished uh, second now to um, and uh, in the career stroke average, I think it was 72.04. Um, and he broke the uh, top 10 career top 10s. I think he had 51 career top top 10s and during his time here, which is pretty insane when you think about it. When it, when it comes to recruiting, um, do you have any particular philosophy of the kind of player you look for? I know way back when, when I knew Jamie, um, Jamie liked to recruit big, strong guys and hit the ball a mile. He had a team for a couple of years that looked more like a basketball team when they walked through the airport. They went like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, 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 I think Martin was about the fourth tallest guy on the team. Do you have any specific uh, specific philosophy in terms of what you're looking for in players? I just love guys that love golf deeply. Like, you know, if you take the game away from them, what are they going to do? They're going to lose their minds. Like they're thinking about golf 24 seven, brushing their teeth. When they wake up, they're just constantly trying to find an edge. They're insanely competitive um, and they want to win. Um, I don't care if they're big, tall um, or short and anywhere in between. Like I think it, everything works in this game and uh you know, that just shows in Davis Bryant um, was born premature and, you know, smallest guy on the team, but biggest heart, biggest mind, love the game, fiercest competitor I've probably ever been around. You put, you know, his mind on a big body and you probably have an elite, elite player. Um, so, um, you know, I love the game. I love competing. And, you know, I, I think um, that's like-minded to me. And if we can get you know, nine guys like that on a team around one another, they're going to do really big things. Can you, can you actually identify while they're playing or is that more via an interviewing process? Yeah. You got to watch them play. You got to talk to them. You got to talk to their families. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of research that goes into it. You know, I find him, I think most every player that is, is good has like a great support system too. So getting to know whoever those people are, whatever mentors they have in their life. Um, you know, I, I think like success at a young age doesn't come by accident. Usually there's, there's really good information they're getting um, from someone or there's some kind of hot pocket of 
um, players in that area that they grew up with where the bar is set pretty high and they can, you know, compete against one another. So um, we look at all sorts of different things and um, but ultimately, you know, guys that have an immense belief in themselves who absolutely love the game and don't see themselves doing anything differently that usually wins. All right. So I got one more question. You heard me ask this to Connor. Um, if I'm making a trip to Monterey Bay, uh, a place known for seafood, where's your go-to restaurant uh, that I'd have to visit and what's the dish that I have to have? Oh man. Um, seafood. Well, there's, I know it's a chain, there's Roy's. It's, you know, really, really nice. It's a um, Spanish Bay, but there's uh the Monterey fish house. I can't think of, I mean, everything on that menu is amazing. You got to go there. That place is insane. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, man, I know we kept you a little while, Michael, but uh, I really appreciate it. This was a fun conversation. Love talking golf, love talking about your team and yourself and uh, look forward to what's to come. Likewise. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you having us on. Michael, yeah. thank you very much. Good luck this fall. We look forward to seeing a bunch of wins. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike and Gold. Joel, have a have a good night, and uh, thanks again. You too. Thanks, Bob. thanks a lot. Great talk about CSU men's golf, Connor Jones and Coach Michael Wilson. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for being here. Please support our sponsors. They make this thing go. Thanks to Steve Ivey and Mike Rowe for their time as well. Have a great rest of your week, and go Rams. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.